cliffcentral.com. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Books Unpacked with Super Lead. Consider this, have you ever wanted to read more business and leadership books, but you simply just do not have the time? Imagine you could read a book per week. A lot of us have these demanding and countless, uh, demanding jobs and countless responsibilities. So our bookshelves end up with more books we intend to read than those we have actually read. My name is Mandaj Flaro. I'm the CEO at Superlead, which is a strategy consulting and leadership coaching organization. And on this show, we deep dive into a leadership topic, which we anchor in a book that we feature per episode and we share actionable insights to advance your leadership excellence. And we are proudly sponsored by Holland Life Solutions. I'm joined here in studio by my co-host, Nobile Ngobo, who is a director at Alpha International. Nobile, welcome to today's show. Hi, Amanda. It's good to be with you. I'm excited to unpack this book this week. Fantastic. So um, to, to all our listeners, um, here's a question. The team that you lead or the team that you're part of, could you say hand in your heart that every single person there is a team player? Okay, maybe let me push a little bit. Could you say you are a team player? And we all know how important it is um, that everyone in the team is a team player and that pretty much every important type of work gets done as part of the team. And oftentimes, you know, even in interviews, you know, we're looking for team players and, uh, and for pretty much everything, really, you're sort of looking for a team player. And that's what we want to talk about today. How can you be a better team player? How can you bring in, you know, and team players in your team? How do you develop team players? And we have a fantastic book to do that. Mm, we're doing the ideal team player. <laughs> How to recognize and cultivate the three essential virtues. Lovely. Um, and this book is written by Patrick Lencioni. Your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All the authors uh, that we unpack their books are my favorite mm, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. But In some are more ways. favorite than others, if also. you do it. <laughs> Uh, so, so I think most people know Patrick Lencioni for the incredible book that, that he wrote called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, and I think, uh, just way back then, I mean, it still is one of those, those books that are recommended uh, in pretty much almost every leader's uh, bookshelf. Um, and in there, he kind of said, you know, there are like sort of five tangible uh, specific behaviors that sort of makes teamwork happens mm. um, and you know vulnerability based trust mm. uh, with that in play you're able to have this healthy conflict um, and with healthy conflict sort of allows for everyone to actively commit to the goals of the team even though maybe uh, before that they may have had a different view but that space where they can kind of voice different views you know enables them that in the end they're being heard therefore they can commit to the to the goal that was the third one the fourth one 
was having this peer-to-peer accountability uh, and not only that people are held accountable by their boss, but mm. their peers can look at each other and say, hey, that's, that's not great. You said you were going to do this yesterday. Mm. Did you do it? Mm. And the last one is if the team focuses on results. Yes. So that was sort of the summary of, of some of those key behaviors that a fantastic team needs to exhibit. Mm. And if you don't have these, you know, your team is dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited because he's highlighted three virtues that from his experience an ideal team player has. Yeah, yeah. so then he kind of, over these years, right, mm. they, he asked himself, I guess, with the team to say, so, you know, these five behaviors, if they're exhibited in a team, uh, you know, the team is healthy and they yeah. do fantastic things. Now, the question is, are there other people who seem to have to kind of very easily exhibit these behaviors than others? Are there people there that potentially? So how do I know if I'm hiring someone that this mm-hmm. person, you know, will kind of exhibit vulnerability based trust, will be able to engage in a conf- co- um, healthy conflict, will, you know, actively commit and yeah. will be able to hold their peers accountable and they will be able to sort of not only focus on their own department's results, but the collective. Are there people who are sort of disproportionately kind of, you know, uh, leaning towards kind of exhibiting these behaviors? Mm. And that's where he kind of said, maybe there is such a thing as an ideal team player. Mm. And that's where the three virtues come from. Amazing. I like that he does say though as well, because if you're listening to all of this and you're like, these are big concepts. He says, you know, with enough coaching, patience and time, most people can learn to embrace these concepts. Yeah. But that having these three virtues, um, seem to make embracing these concepts and growing in these concepts easier. Exactly. Mm. So, so today's book really ended this book. It's, it's kind of saying, taking that backdrop Mm -hmm. and say, right, what's an ideal team player? I mean, that's a tough. <laughs> maybe we listen, we ask our listeners, or maybe we've said it somewhat here. What is, how, can you, can you specifically say, when you look at someone and say, that is an ideal team player, mm. whether you lead a, a soccer team or you lead an, an executive team for a high tech company or yeah. you lead a middle management team in a mine, can you say, hand in heart, that that person is an ideal team player. Yeah. That's a really good question. Because you, you see it a lot in, I think you can, you can look at people, look at a team, whether it's a work team, sports team, whatever kind of team, and be like, oh, that team works well. Yeah. Um, but I always wonder if there's a team with a star. So I don't know, you know, if you think <laughs> of like, I don't know if anyone's watched the Netflix show, The Last Dance, that sort of Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember. Watching that, that you, yeah. is Michael Jordan a great team player? <laughs> I'm like really interested in unpacking that. Is Lionel Messi a team player? <laughs> Is Cristiano Ronaldo team player? But, I think they, I think they are. But I think that um, it's interesting to think about that kind of group dynamic, yeah. Um, and to think about can you identify good team players, people who can really contribute to the to the workflow well? Yeah, uh, and and I think today uh, after uh, after this show, we're hoping our, our, our sort of our listeners can walk out and say, yeah, that's a team player. That you know, there's that piece missing. That there's that piece missing. Mm. And you know, Patrick Lencioni unpacks this beautifully. And maybe just to sort of 
uh, kind of overemphasize yeah, <laughs> the importance of these. Jim Collins, most people will know him for the for his excellent book called Good to Great. And one of the things he spoke about there about successful companies, he says they focus on getting the right people on the bus, right? And and the idea there is that. Many companies, when you engage with them, you know, they're worried about the what, eh? what are mm. we going to do? And, um, you know, how do we solve this, et cetera, et cetera. But very few people really pay attention to the who problem. Okay. Right. And essentially, if, if you lead a team, that's probably your biggest problem. Yes. The who is in your team, who is in your bus. And, um, and sometimes I think we forget to, we sometimes kind of give up on solving the who problems mm. because you get appointed and then you inherit a team. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah. so then we kind of sort of say, okay, let's just focus on the, what the yeah. team must do. I think it's so interesting who. because I think with what he's laying out in this book and as we, as we dive in is that if you don't have the right people or at least the people with enough of the right virtues yeah. that you can try and apply these workflows of like, let's try and have healthy conflict or let's try and have this. But if you don't have the right people to really embrace that, then yeah. you'll always be struggling to yeah. lead. Yeah. And, and, and you can, I mean, you can use all kinds of latest technology to manage workflow, as mm. you say, and you can have, you know, the things to manage tasks, all kinds of stuff, mm. which you like spend a lot of money, one to buy, two to implement. But if you don't have the right people, you have a problem. Okay. Should we dive in? Yes, let's dive in. Right. The three virtues. Uh, so, uh, is our producer an ideal team player? Okay, she's she says resa- yes. <laughs> resoundingly yes, and that's why she's getting that 10% increase. Is it 10 or 20 given the full price? <laughs> okay, she will take a 20. Anyway, so Patrick Lentioni, it sounds so simple what we're going to unpack right now. Mm-hmm. But he says an ideal team player has a, a combination of these three he calls virtues. Number one, they are humble. Mm-hmm. Number two, they are hungry. Number three, they are smart. Oh. Right. And in, I mean, show closed, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so we can. This can sounds go. like the ideal person. So I'm excited to, to <laughs> break it down to see how, how we can have all three of those virtues. Yeah. But like they sound easy, uh, mm. they, but they do hard because yes. each of these has a slight poison pill um, and a little bit of a caveat and a nuance uh, mm. to it. So, okay. so humble um, in the context of team player. Um, you know, it's, it's those people that most we kind of familiar with. They don't have that excessive ego, ego. Mm. You know, they're not too much concerned about their status. Um, they are able to, you know, point out the contribution of others. They don't soak up their attention in the room, as you mm. can imagine. And, you know, they share credit. They emphasize the team over self. Yeah. They're not, they're not those arrogantly, overtly arrogant people, if you do. And I think, most people can relate to that, right? You have worked with one or two arrogant people, um, I guess, in, in, in your career as well. Yeah. Well, I think um worked with arrogant people. <laughs> <laughs> or not humble people. <laughs> or not humble people. I think the thing with humility I always think about is that of all the virtues just in life in general, it's the one that you, you actually have to desire the most. Because I think yeah. in the workplace especially, yeah. you are it's, it is a space that is almost uh, constructed for yeah. you to have to prove yourself and show what you've done. Yeah. So to have humility in that space is really something that you have to 
be working at sometimes. Absolutely. To say, let me, you know, let me praise others. Let yeah. me, let me not be disappointed if someone else gets the praise this week and I don't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it has to be desired. Yeah. And so most people, if they don't desire that, then they kind of fall into the trap mm. of just kind of self advocating the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know, you, you just feel the effect when you work with someone that, that doesn't have humility. Yes. Uh, and they've got that sort of high sense of arrogance, etc., disproportionately higher. But he also says there is another, this is where the, the somewhat of a nuance comes in. Yes. There is another type of um, not humble person. That is similarly as dangerous and, and bad for teamwork, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are people who, who lack self-confidence that they don't yes. advocate for their voice. Yeah. They, they kind of just assume, you know, they, they kind of, they, they don't, they don't sort of stand up for their own, Hey, uh, this is what I think. Um, essentially, they don't even dissent. Um, and they just kind of go with the flow. Mm. They don't want to disrupt status quo. Um, and so both of these overly like arrogant and like super low confident. The key challenge of both is sort of this lack of, um, of self-esteem. Yes. So yes. some people, when they don't have esteem, they over-exaggerate their self-worth. Yes, yeah. And those that don't have esteem, you know, they under, way yeah. under and um, sort of uh, represent their self-worth. And both of them are a violation of humility. Mm, yeah, he says, truly humble people don't see themselves as greater than they are, yeah. but neither do they discount their talents and contributions. And he actually quotes C.S. Lewis, who said, yeah. humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Yeah. No, and, and I think, I think that's worth repeating, hey, yes. uh, the, the quote by, by C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Lewis, uh, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, mm. but thinking, um, of yourself less. Yes. So, so, uh, you know, the question is on the scale from one to ten, uh, as you're listening to us, you know, you know, what would you say your sense of, of being humble? <laughs> it's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll leave that to our listeners to, yeah. to, to sort of ponder on and, and engage with. The second virtue is this idea um, of being hungry. Mm. Right. And people who are hungry are always looking for more. You know, they, they, you know, they're sort of yearning to learn, yearning to do more, yearning to take on more responsibilities. These are people that are not necessarily pushed by their managers to, to work harder. You know, but they, you know, this, they have a they sense just of just it. self-motivation. And mm. uh, they've got a good dose of diligence and, and, and a good sense of discipline and, and, to, and, Simply put, they have a healthy sort of work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of the second virtue. The nuance about this though is that there are other people that sort of take it to the extreme end of this and then they, they fall into the trap of worker, workaholism. Yes. Right. Yeah. Cause that's a, the, the problem with that is now you kind of relegate your self-worth into work. Um, yes. and you are nothing but, you know, you're, you Your kind job. of see yourself, you know, sort of through the lenses of the work you do. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that goes unhealthy and it's got terrible consequences. Yeah. I mean, I think those are the people who like even at 10 PM at night are like messaging about work or something. <laughs> and like it becomes disruptive to the team because you're like, am I doing something wrong for not, <laughs> for not being working, not being up working at 10 PM? Yeah. Um, but I think I also like with the, the hungry thing or just around how if it is, 
in a selfish way that it can actually hinder the team. So if it's everything's directed towards them as an individual, of yeah. like, look what I've done, go, yes, go, yes, go. Yes, yes. And you're not thinking about the team or the pace of the team as well. Yeah. And, and workaholism really is, is, is something we, we do not advocate for. But on the extreme end, you know, you don't want to have slackers in the team, mm. um, who, who kind of sort of, um, let everybody else, you know, carry the weight. Um, and then the third one yep. is called smart. Yep. Um, and, and this one, it kind of says this one is more clari- clarifying, uh, than the other two. I think the other two are sort of, sort of, um, um, easily understandable. But in this context, um, a, sm- a smart person refers to someone with, who has common sense about people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. some people will kind of call it emotional intelligence. Um, but you know, someone that's, that's got a, some level of sort of interpersonality, you know, um, aware, uh, mm-hmm. who is more socially and sort of interpersonal aware, mm. who, who kind of has a sense of what their words and actions impact is on others. Um, you, you know, they are people, people smart. People smart is the, I guess, is the summary of, 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 of that conversation. Mm. So if we're to summarize all three, humble, hungry, and smart. Mm. That, if you see someone who has these three components, that's when you say that person is an ideal team player. Yes. But for smarts, though, just to touch on it, because he does clarify, I mean, that whole thing of being able to read people and being able to sort of determine, he says it can be used for not good purposes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't mean someone has good intentions if they're able to read people and listen. Um, And so he's emphasizing, you know, that the way it can contribute to the good of a team and not for people who can sort of manipulate it for their own good. Uh, Absolutely. And these virtues, pretty much all of them, maybe... Save for humility. There's people who are hungry and it's just about them and they, yes. and that, that could, you know, go to, to ill, yeah. uh, means. And then they're smart that, that's just like manipulative of the team, um, for, for ill, uh, purposes as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, three, three virtues, they come together to make an ideal team player and, um, but what he sort of confesses is like, in as much as this sounds simple, mm. the power is not so much to say, okay, I've got humility. Yeah, so I'm fine. Right? Yeah. Oh, I've got that on, so I'm fine. Their power lies in the fact that they must all sort of be, they must all be, all three must be in, in together, right? You must, uh, you must depict all three, humble, hungry, and smart. If you miss one or you miss two of these things, there are, you know, terrible consequences for the team. And, um, and, and we, like the next piece we're going to do now is kind of talk about, um, what happens if you have which one only yeah. to a large extent and, and less of the others. Yeah. Awesome. So that's the sort of model. Yeah. Of the idea, the old team player. Yeah. And, and if you, if some of you that sort of have sort of this uh, pictorial, you know, leaning to, to kind of learning and seeing things is, you know, you can almost imagine three big circles. Uh, one is humble, hungry and smart and how they intersect. Mm-hmm. So when there's something missing, um, you kind of form a, you know, there's a, there's, there's a category of, yes. of where the, the person is there. So yeah. imagine the three circles with us. So we're going to start with like, uh, uh, we're going to go through all of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if there's zero out of three, right? And, and maybe to clarify here and kind of a word of warning is, you know, some of these virtues, sometimes they, you know, people, 
these are not permanent DNA elements, right? Yes. So people sometimes may not exhibit them because they're going through some some peri- some tough period, um, and and also you know it's not like someone has got like a a measure there, like a, a barometer where you can kind of sort sort of say, okay, yeah, you're like fourteen, you know, out of twenty or some some number yeah, like that, but. Yeah. It's just a disproportionate um sort of resemblance of such, right? Mm. Um so 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 let let's let's work with that. So when there's zero out of three, uh you know, someone doesn't, you know, show the virtues of being humble, hungry or smart, um, you know, it it will be difficult to have that person sort of do well in a team. Mm. And he says this is an easier problem because most people who are not humble, hungry and smart they barely make it into a team. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You know, there's no work ethic there. There's no humility. Mm-hmm. And then there's no, um, sort of, uh, s- people smart. Hardly these people will join your team. Mm-hmm. So not to worry about that. Okay. okay. But if you've got one out of three, which if you've got humility only, right? He calls people that depicts just largely one, which is your humble only. He calls them the pawn, right? Uh, mm. these are pleasant, Kind-hearted, unassuming people who just don't feel, you know, a great need to get things done. Um, you know, they, they don't have sort of the ability to kind of build or are not interested to build effective relationships with their colleagues. Um, they are nice, mm. right? Uh, and, 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 uh, you're like, oh. Just go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone likes them. Everyone just likes yeah. them. You don't know, make waves. They don't, they don't disrupt anything, mm. but really they're not contributing. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I suppose that's the caveat is yeah. that they're not, they're not contributing to the, yeah. to the workflow. So that can become frustrating yeah. to a team. Now question, is there a pawn in your team? That you've kept largely because they're nice and they're kind of hearted. And, um, and, and for NGOs sometimes they tend to keep pawns, right? Because they, they're like, they love the Lord. They love the cause, uh, you know, that we're doing. Uh, they don't perform, uh, but you know, they're very nice. So, so, so you may want to watch out uh, for the pawns. Now the second one that only largely has the, is the hungry only, right? Mm-hmm. He calls these the bulldozers. Yes. So these are people who are determined to get things done. You know, mm. they will, they will break an egg. You know, if you're in the way, they will, they'll cut through you. Yes. Uh, you know, their focus is their own sort of interest to kind of show that they, they, they deliver. Um, and, and they have no concern for others really. They just about, I'm going to get this project across the line, even if it like kills me and kills others in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're sort of like a bull in a china shop. Just sort of going around, uh, sort of yeah, driving over people, yeah. yeah, and that can that can be really hard in a in a in a team, um, especially if they have a strong personality, yeah, um, that can really demoralize the rest of the team. I think, yeah, and the and the these ones they tend to stay in teams long. And, um, and, and why is that? Because they, they, they show the results mm. and most leaders will not have the courage and the confidence to address the behavior. Yes. Uh, they're like, yo, when this person is bringing in the number, yeah, yo, they are creating havoc. Seven of our people have resigned uh, on account of them. You know, the culture is bad here. It's dog eat dog, dog eat dog situation mm. largely because of this person. Um, but we're performing. But you know they're performing. Yeah. And this is terrible for the team. Mm. Uh, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with being a star, but there's 
something very bad with being a star who's sort of a bulldozer who's just hungry just for yeah for for yourself. So they would probably succeed where it's not about teams, you know, it's about sort of individual performance. But but, but also most leaders pretty much if you ask every leader, yes. hey, do you want these people to work together as a team? They will say yes. But then there's a bulldozer. Okay. Then they're like, yeah, I, you know, she delivers or he mm. delivers. So I'm going to chat to you. I'm going to chat to her. Okay. <laughs> and they, they kind of do that. And as we spoke last week about, um, courageous conversation, they never mm. get to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's the bulldozer. That's if you largely only demonstrate hunger mm. and less humility and, and people smart. Okay. Now you got the one that's largely is just smart only. Right, he calls this person the charmer. Right, uh, they can be sort of entertaining, even super likable. You know, you know, they really have no real interest on on sort of the long term goal of the organization or the well being of the team or their colleagues. And um, you know, they 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 got super social skills and they t- say the right thing. They don't really perform, but mm. you know, they they um. You know, their, 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 their social skills are super advanced. Yes. And, uh, and they just go around charming pretty much everyone. Yes. Yeah. And they tend to survive as well. Yeah. I find that people who are the charmer, they seem, they tend to have like a very quick ascent. Yeah. Up because they're likable and people yeah. like them, leaders like them. You're yeah. able to like put them in front of other people. Yeah. Because they'll charm or invite them to the party or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> because they'll charm. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting about the, and as you say, I think they do can, they can survive for a long time but if you're not working in a team and not looking after the well-being of the team then i think the team can become frustrated because they go like oh this person everybody likes them but we Mm. know they're not performing and and they say the right stuff and then the right meetings and and they just smooth operators yes (laughs) smooth operators (laughs) and we have we we know those people (laughs) if you lead a team do you have a smooth operator i can bet the answer is yes (laughs) um or you might be one yourself yeah maybe you are (laughs) so 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 those are the people that largely have one mm. big virtue that's sort of super dominant and the others less so. Uh, let's, let's run through the last three. So if you have now, now you have got two out of three, right? Mm. And these ones are hard to work with because, um, because you know, this person has got quite a, they're two out of three, right? They're not, they're not as easily detectable as sort of one with uh, one out of three. So if someone has got humble and hungry, but not smart, mm-hmm. he calls them the accidental mess maker, mm-hmm. right? You know, they genuinely want to serve the team and they, you know, they're not, they, they don't have this high arrogance and ego. You know, they, they do have drive and they, they, they're getting things done, but they're just not smart with people. Um, and, and, uh, and they just create chaos and they sometimes, some do it intentionally, but most cases they don't even do it intentionally. They just don't have that emotional intelligence. Mm. They don't see the, that's why he calls them the accidental mess maker. They're making the mess, but not quite seeing 
the mess they're making. Yes, yeah, yeah. They don't have the sort of the the EQ to be able to read, you know, yeah. how people are reacting to how they how they work. Yeah, and um, you know, I should have said this at the top of the the show, right? So the, the way Patrick R- R- Lencioni writes his books, except for one book, he writes them. He it starts off as a, a sort of like a story, a l- little mm. fable, uh, and similarly in this case, he did the same. Um, and um, he, you know, he, he's got this guy called Jeff. He takes over his uncle's company, and then you know they've they need to grow. They need to hire at least like eighty people. And he starts to lend the team. And in the book, there's a lady called Nancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if you're interested, <laughs> she's sort of categorized as this person who's very good, super sharp. The company that they base this uh, conversation on is a construction company. Mm-hmm. Super sharp. She knows how to get things done. Um, and somewhat unaware of sort of the, the mess that she makes yes. and the, and the, and the chaos that she, she creates um anyway so it's it's f- probably like the most like interesting book in that you know you get a story and then you can you can See overlay it back there yeah yeah so so i i wonder if you're following with us how many accidental messmakers do you have in the team people that have got the humility and the hunger they do get things done but they might just benefit from the people smarts mm-hmm. so the second one with two Largely kind of present yeah. Is someone that's humble And smart Right But they lack the hunger And the sort of The drive and the performance yes. These people He calls them The lovable slacker mm-hmm. So you can imagine They are super good socially They've got this Humble heart uh, Zero like you know, work ethic, not zero, but you know, like low levels of work ethic. You just love them, but they are slackers. Yeah. He calls them the lovable slacker. Yes. He says, um, they're like a skillful politician. Uh, uh, that's the next one coming oh. up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think that that's, that's really true. Someone who is really likable, um, and is actually able to build good relationships in the team. But when it comes to work output, yeah. I find that these kinds of people can probably last long they in a do. team as well they because do. you don't, they're not going to create conflict. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be there at team, you know, team yeah. meetings, team yeah. assignments. Yeah. But for a leader, when it comes to the work output, you yeah. might be the one who's saying, you know, but you actually not performing yeah. and then if you do address it, it I find with the, with the accent with the lovable slacker pardon yeah. me that could almost be um when it is addressed, it could almost be a surprise to everyone yeah. because it's like, oh, they're so nice. Like what, ha- like what happened? Yes, you know, yes, yes. Like, um, oh, you know. And yes. then there's a big party at the farewell. Yes. Like everybody because comes. Like, oh. uh, and I suppose here with the lovable slacker, I'm sure with all of these, though, as as Patrick Lencioni says, there is a way of of addressing it and, yeah. and co- through coaching and yeah. patience, working on it. And so even with the lovable slacker, it's as easy as saying, you know, here's a performance. You know. Yeah. You know, here's what you need to meet. Here are the yeah. targets, the milestones. Yeah. And if you meet them, you know, you can build in that performance aspect. Exactly. And, and if time allows, we're going to get into sort of the applications for this because yes. he didn't write a book. So you can walk around with a label and like, Oh, that's a lovable slacker. And that's like an accidental messmaker. That's a pawn. That's this and that. So we're going to just fi- finish this last one. And then we talk about how do you apply this when you have to hire people? 
uh, when you're thinking about employee development, when you're thinking about how to kind of create a culture of teamwork. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to kind of get into the applications in a moment. Yeah. Sorry. I jumped ahead to <laughs> the skillful politician as well before. So, so now the third one, um, is when you have, you are hungry. And, um, smart. you're also smart, right? So you're like, you, you get things done, but you, you're also super good with people and you can walk around, you know, you can o- operate smoothly and you're super sharp with that, but there's no humility. And then he calls this person a skillful politician, mm. right? They've got the results to show. They've got the social skills to come with it. And largely it's about just me and my growth. And mm. I want to be the next general manager. And I want yes, to get to the top. I want to get to the top. top mm. like, go, 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 go. And you combine the two, you get a super duper skillful politicians. These yeah. people, they make it to the top and they make it to the top fast. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I'm, it feels that would be hard to read because humility, that's one thing I was thinking about humility when you're talking about it is that you can just say that you're humble. Like yeah. you, you know, in, a, in an interview or conversation, yeah. if someone says you're doing so, you can just be like, Oh no, even though you don't, you know, like, Oh no, I'm not that great. <laughs> and so I can see how this would be really hard to, to, to read in a team yeah. if someone is not really portraying that humility. Um, but yeah, and that you see the destruction too late. Yeah, that's that's the challenge with. The, and with dare I say, maybe these people are the people who end up the leaders <laughs> of, the, of the teams. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, these people from from the pawn all the way to the skillful politicians, uh, these people um, uh, are in all levels of leaderships, mm. right? Mm. Um, and um, with less than desired sort of teamwork. Yeah, that's the. That's what at stake here. Yeah. Um, and maybe to pause and ask our listeners, um, with a lot of grace and sort of humility mm-hmm. and awareness, do you potentially see yourself in any of these categories? Or are you the ideal team player that has a super high dose of humility, hunger, and smart? Mm. I think it's a good, it's a good, Sort of moment to, to like pause and think about it because you might actually not realize that there's a, a virtue that you you think you might have, but are you really living it out? And it's a good point to to sort of even speak to your team and say, you know, do I come across this way? Sometimes yeah. I really want to work on this aspect of, yeah. of myself as a team player. Yeah, um, and and and, and, um, and we're not we're not in the business of selling books, right? But mm-hmm. uh, just to recommend that if you sort of get the book. Uh, right towards the back, there are sort of some high level assessment questions mm. that you can, you can have the team anonymously sort of rate, yeah. right? And you can also self assess specifically across the, the humble. There's like a set of about five, six questions yeah. and the hunger and also the smart. And, and these are virtues. These are not DNA hard coded things, which means now that you're a lot more aware, you could potentially work on these things. And there's like, mm. you know, if we get time, we can talk about some of the things you could do. Mm. Um, but we've arrived at that point in the book where it talks about application. Now, how do you apply these? Uh, and, and really, this will need a ton of sort of humility to work with that now after the show, you don't go around with the label sticking on everyone's forehead. Like, yes, ah, you're poor, yeah. you're this and that. Because the danger of mislabeling people, you, you know, it's just far worse. Um, yeah. 
uh, and then, then maybe sometimes if you didn't know these things, because yeah. then you do that and you treat someone differently, and um, and that could that could be devastating in many ways than one. Mm. And I think the application part is important because I think before you label people, you need to ask yourself, you know, do we have processes that have let people slip through the cracks before yes. we go around labeling people to say like maybe in our hiring, maybe in whatever process or in yeah. our assessments, yeah. we are actually not there to be able to, ch- to to look at whether or not people are displaying these values first. Yeah. So let's talk about hiring. So, cause that's the most important, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want ideal team players, you might have inherited a team, but you, you do get every now and again the opportunity to add a team member. Yeah. Which means from here on, you bring in an ideal team player yes. and you know what that looks like. So now hiring, you know, the hiring process has got that, uh, that fantastic process, which we all enjoy, which is the interview process. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. And the problem with what now that you kind of have a sense of this, you want the, the, the biggest problem with the interview process, they are super generic. They, they are just like, people are just there. So tell me, tell me how, and, and they sometimes are not designed for specific outcomes. Mm. So the first thing to do from here on is to say, Hey, if we buy into the idea that an ideal team player has got humility, hunger and people smarts, we must assess for this. Yes. Specifically. You know, together with competence and, you know, all the other things they need to do in the job, but we must also hire for, for, for ideal, for, for team player, um, virtues. Uh, so number one is don't be, don't be generic. Yeah. Um, don't just kind of, you know, go and just, uh, listen in, hopefully be like, yeah, I think more or less, less of this. Um, go specific. And there are some questions in the book that you can probe until you're comfortable that, okay, the humility piece tick, the hunger piece tick, the people's smarts tick, tick, uh, maybe mm-hmm. with some level of development required. Mm-hmm. At least be a lot more intentional. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good. Is yeah, sorry. <laughs> I can go ahead. So then the second one is you know, try and debrief each interview as a team. Mm. Most people have these things say, okay, yeah, you will meet this one and you'll meet that one. Yeah, and individually, like, yeah. Yeah, and then everyone is kinda like asking different questions, yes. some are repeating themselves. So you wanna as you go through the 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 phase one and phase two and phase three, the phase people who are in the first phase sort of they come after the phase second phase to say okay here are the four things that I kind of so deliberate now for the third phase we need Nobile to look at some elements about smarts because yes. there's a hunch I'm not getting that right yes. and then we are deliberate about what the third person is going to look for yes. rather than ah okay you've met the director yes. no you've met the manager now you've met the HR now yes. you've met the director okay all all good yeah what what was all of that for yeah right? what were we picking up exactly and another thing is consider group interviews yeah right? that's really good yeah because also in there you also see how people behave in a group mm. how, how how this person behaves in a group that tells you something about their people's smarts and, and also people are different So people are able to pick up different virtues yeah. When they're talking to someone So you might be able to pick up someone's You know, someone is hungry But you yeah. might not be as adept at picking up Whether or not they have people smarts Yeah, and as, as you go out and debrief 
you almost put together that 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 uh, that um, the, the criteria yeah. and say, right, I saw this. That tells me that. Mm. Uh, how about you? No, no, mm. but I saw it differently. But when we say this is the person we are hiring, we should be like super confident that we tick those things. Maybe the last one to highlight on this, so that we don't overdo the interview <laughs> hiring piece, is you know try and kind of incorporate non-traditional methods of interviewing right you know bringing someone into the office you sit on the other side they sit on the other side everybody's in their best behavior all suited you know that's possibly not the best way to really see some of these behavioral nuances Mm -hmm. right um take them for a golf right and you know go go do an interview with them going shopping right and then you can see how they treat the car park attendant yes. and how they greet this one yes. and you know like go on a drive with them so you know they show up for an interview say hey i do need to get to that thing you want to get in the car with <laughs> yeah. me right? like whatever it is that you're less you're you're not confident about yeah. Try create a situation that allows you to yeah. see there. Yeah, or invite them to a conference, you know, yes, yes, yes. doing, see how they interact with other people. I think probably maybe how some bad hiring has happened in the last years because everything's been online. Only able to do online interviews, oh. haven't been able to spend time with people. Yeah. And so I think there are That's people and teams where people have gotten through the cracks because of the fact that you actually haven't had to, been able to have an interpersonal this, interaction. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a very good one. Mm. And, and he, he kind of highlights a few more other things like, you know, how you should deal with the reference checks mm. and how, and that can sort of, um, get Help around you. some of these elements. Um, so, you know, he's got some, some interview questions in the book. I am wondering if we can do just one more, uh, looking at that clock, um, in, in front of us. Maybe the second one, which is, um, how do you sort of engage with your current team members? Yes. Cause now you're here and you're looking at them. Maybe you're all listening to the show uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, together and you're like, you got levels, uh, that you, you're throwing around mm-hmm. and, um, because then, you, you know, that might create chaos. So the, the first thing is you want to kind of do like a, a, a bit more specific, a little bit more detailed assessment across all three. Yeah. Um, you know, to kind of see, if everyone in your team is an ideal team player yes. according to the categories um and um you know how do you think about improving and kind of helping them grow and and be better um and this this sometimes unfortunate uh, discussion about helping them out to mm. go find an environment that's potential will be great for them. Yeah. Um, you know, that could be one of the outcomes, uh, of sort of dealing with your own team. Mm. So, so some of the things I'll just sort of run through this yes, just, just yeah. to kind of get, you know, if you're assessing, uh, your team, thinking about your team, you know, uh, about humble and you could do this as an assessment or, um, or kind of just, I don't know, discussion. Um, you know, does this person genuinely compliment or praise teammates without hesitation? Does she or he easily admit, uh, to kind of making a mistake? Mm. Is he or she willing to take, ah, here's my favorite, a lower level task for the good of the team or a perceived mm. lower level task for the good of the team? Uh, you know, does, does he or she, you know, 
you know, share credit, um, or soak up all the credit yeah. for, for the team. So those are some of the things you can sort of start looking at. Mm. Uh, does, he, does he do or he or she do more than what's required? The hungry one, he kind of confesses it's the hardest one because for most people, work ethic is, um, is cultivated at a younger age. Yes. Um, and, uh, and you know, it, it becomes a virtue that, you know, as you get older, you're just that person that's, that's, that's got a healthy sense of work ethic, the, the healthy sense of kind of getting things done with some, like, you know, good level of excellence. Mm. Um, so you want to check for these things. Um, do you know, are they, do they have a good, Sort of sense of the mission yes. and the passion thereof. Um, you also find, you know, some of the people have like 700 hobbies. Okay. Exaggerating. Like just <laughs> way too many things outside of work that, that this work for them is just a little means to a whole sort of ends, right? Mm. You know, they, they are more. They're not as invested in that. It's just more of a part of one of the things that they're doing. I suppose the hunger one as well, which is why these questions are really good to like look up and, and that assessment is it's such a fine line. I mean, if you think about, you know, is one of the questions is, are they willing to contribute to and think about work outside of office hours? Like yes, that's, yes, yes. that's such a fine line. I can understand it <laughs> of saying like, oh, we have this event and they're not like, oh, I have to like, you know, go to this event. They're like excited about it. But in terms of the fine line of like not overworking and burnout yeah. and that sort yeah. of thing, yeah, no, no, th- these are that's why you can you can get the you can't overly very quickly just act on these yes. things and just quickly label people case by case. Um, uh, it's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be done with a with a lot of uh, um with, with a lot of uh, delicacy yes. and and deliberations, etc., etc. Um, the, the, what's important once you sort of understand where the, peop- the people are is to realize these are not their permanent DNA markers, as we say, mm. but these are virtues one can develop. Um, and you have a role to play as a leader, right? Mm. So someone that's not hungry, for instance, you know, as a leader, you can start being more clear on the expected outcomes, right? Um, and you can sort of show the, the mission, how what they're doing is linked to the ultimate mission. Some people just might be activated to me, you know, drive if they, they kind of get the sense that what they do matters. Yes. And some people, you know, like they, they kind of lay back and say, yeah, you know, I'm just here pushing paper. Yes. And then they might appear like they don't have the hunger piece. Yeah. But it's probably the fault of the leader who hasn't yeah. really integrated the work into the overall mission and why this matters. Yeah. Or the, yeah, or they're not in the right space or, yes, or role yes, yes. for them that actually motivates them. And yeah. so their skills are not being used. They're not yeah. feeling motivated. And they're feeling yes, motivated. yes. So, yeah. so there's an element there that yeah. you want to do as a leader. Maybe the last one to conclude with is uh, the good old favorite thing and the, the most important thing you want can do as a leader is feedback. Right. And he calls it in the book, remind us, Hey, Ngobile, you are kind of doing that bragging thing again. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and hey, you know, and when, when she's resembling some humble elements that you guys maybe spoke about, you know, catch them out in a meeting. Fantastic. That was awesome. Did you just see that Ngobile complimenting, you know, Rulani on that, on that, uh, on the completion of the project mm. Really appreciate that And that what you've just done Really makes us work together mm. Well as a team
Amazing. Amazing. Fantastic. So uh, that was the ideal team player. We hope um, you now can pinpoint whether Lionel Messi or Ronaldo (laughs) is a team player or the hand of God Maradona was a team player. Um, And, um, and, and really um, it will be worth either sort of re-listening to this, to this episode or getting um, a copy of the book. And as leaders and even as individuals, it's incredibly important that we create um, these thriving teams. Mm. And a big part of that is the who is in the team before we even get to what is the team doing. Yes. So until then, go out there and super lead. Cliffcentral.com.